It's on Father's Day. I know I'm a couple weeks out. That's what I have in the glove box. So, Mark chapter 5, hear the word of God in verse 21 to the end. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by, the, by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you? And you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. May the Lord add his blessing to the word we just read. Congregation, loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus is Father? You ever heard that? That Jesus Christ is your Father. I know God is Father. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know something about the Trinity. But what about Jesus being Father? If you were listening for it in Mark 2, 
the paralyzed man, remember the first words Jesus says to him? The very first word? Son, your sins are forgiven you. You look for it here in this story. The lady that sneaks up to him and touches the edge of his garment, he says the first word, daughter. Do you know that Jesus is father? Maybe you do if you think back to Christmas and you're singing some songs or you're reading from Isaiah. You, you know Jesus is father. Remember the, the words, for to us a child is born, Isaiah 9. To us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you look for it, you'll find it. The Son of God will be called Father. But what's that mean? Well, let me put it to you. That you know that Abraham is the father of all believers. You know that. It says it in the Bible. But what about Jesus Christ? He's the father of many children. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he is your father. And that's the message you're going to hear this morning. Jesus Christ is called father for this reason. He is a dad in that way. As a dad should be eliminating fear, anxiety, and worry in your life. That is what Jesus Christ does. In our text, a woman has a secret problem. Even though she's so afraid, she sneaks up to the Lord Jesus. She knows one thing. He'll take care of it. And he'll, he calls me daughter. I'm summarizing the sermon with this as you have it in the bulletin. Your father, Jesus, saves you from your worst fears. And first of all, I want to point out he saves you from hidden grief. And I'm pointing out the miracle within a miracle. This is really puzzling. Amazingly interesting that Matthew 9, Luke 8, all of the three Gospels will make sure that you notice a miracle is interrupted by a miracle. A miracle is embedded inside of a miracle. It's obviously important because it gets repeated. And first comes Jairus. First comes is very important. He's powerful. He's respected in the community. He's the Jewish man of the town. Uh, he would be, in, in some respects, like a pastor, the way he's re revered, regarded. And uh, he comes bowing before the Lord Jesus and he's pleading for his daughter. And I want you to imagine this a little bit. It doesn't take much to imagine earlier in the day in his home, leaning at the bedside of his sick daughter, his dying daughter. And as a father, he would be whispering something to her. Something like, don't worry, dear. Don't worry, my child. I'm going to find Jesus. I'll ask Jesus to lay his hands on you, and he will heal you. Don't worry. Moms and dads do this all the time. They tell their little ones not to worry. And if a mom or a dad can't do anything, they say, don't worry, I will get help. I will do something. 
The first part of the story is about this father, Jairus. You could say that's going to be the main miracle, but it's interrupted. And now we're forced to imagine Jairus, this important man, waiting at the edge of the crowd. What's he waiting for? And we are meant to wait. The whole crowd is meant to wait. We're like, there's something urgent, and then he has to wait. What's going on? What's the holdup? This interruption comes when Jesus senses, senses his power has gone out from him, our text says. Jesus stops the whole crowd, and time is ticking, right? Jesus asks, who touched me? You can imagine, if you're Jairus, you're like, come on! What's the issue? Let's move! And here's the point Jesus is making. Jairus wants me to come lay my hands on his daughter, but I know someone in this crowd has reached out to touch me. Someone who would rather be invisible right now. She's only passed, she's only touched the hem of my garment. And Jesus has interrupted the main miracle to say someone weak, someone afraid, somebody vulnerable has dared to just hope for something from me. You compare these two miracles, right? You, you have in Christ's family, does one child get more attention, more power, more influence than another? And you think about among us. Does any one of us have more powerful pull on Jesus Christ than anyone else? Jesus Christ levels the playing field right here. Jairus, who looks like the most powerful, most respected Jew in the village, he has to wait. You would think that if anyone's going to hear his prayers and answer him and, and do what he says, Jesus will listen to Jairus. God must hear Jairus a lot. Now you compare to this other child in Christ's family, Christ's daughter in his family. Here's a poor woman. A nameless woman. Possibly no children. Especially no children for the last 12 years. She's been unclean and off limits. Shunned. Will the Lord pass by this child because of someone so important like Jairus? And you hear Jesus say, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Jairus, he's at the edge of the crowd. He has to stop and he has to wait. We, as we read this story, have to stop and wait and learn. Jesus doesn't play favorites here. Faith is all that it takes. That's who the children of God are. The children of Christ. Anyone rich, poor, male, female, anyone public and prominent or private and quiet, they all have equal access to Jesus, the Father. Faith is all it takes. 
And what is faith? This is making us ask that question. What is faith? Is it the most amazing faith that we encounter here? Is it really powerful faith? You think about this woman. Is her faith so holy and pure? Now you you might say she's weak. Look at how afraid she is. I mean, she doesn't even... If this is like prayer, she doesn't even know how to pray. She's, and it's not just that she's shy. She's ashamed of her illness. She hates who she is. She doesn't own up to her problems. Not like the Jairus guy. And she steals this miracle. You notice that, right? What kind of faith is that? She steals this miracle. Sneaking in that crowd. And she has this hidden grief, sorrow, this burden in her life. And looking at it from the Lord Jesus' perspective, he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. The Lord Jesus says, you see her faith. Because she is like a daughter who goes to her father. She's come to me. She's telling me about her anxiety and her worry and her fear. By coming to me, I'll take care of it. That's how Jesus is Father. He is the source of comfort, even though she is weak, even though she's undeserving, even though she's sneaky. She still goes to the one who takes the pain away. And children, you do this, right? You go to a father who will take your fears away. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to come to the Lord Jesus like this woman does. I urge you to pray to God earnestly even though you know your faith is weak. Even though you know your faith is splattered with sin. Even though you have spent all your money on what does not heal. And you know, this lady does it innocently, but you know how there are ways that you've tried to find healing and you've only gotten worse and you've done it in ways that are wrong. You're tempted to despair and give up. Sin has been too powerful for you. And death is very near you. How are you going to call upon God? What can you show to your Father? Are you going to be able to prove that you're worthy of being forgiven? Can you prove that you're worthy of healing? Do you have that kind of pull on God? I urge you to pray earnestly to God however you pray. Like a child to a father, you say, I'm scared. You have to pray this. I'm scared that you would ignore me. I'm scared you would turn me down. I'm scared you, you think nothing of me. There are so many people that you could notice. People with bigger issues, but Lord, do you see me? So you have Jairus waiting at the edge of the crowd, hoping Jesus would hurry up 
And Jesus makes us all wait so that we get this point. Bring your hidden fears to me. Your grief. Your sorrow. What worries you? Small as you are. You're my son, my daughter. You hear Jesus say this. Son, daughter, you've come to the right one. You've come to me, your father. Your faith has made you well. So you get this? At first, it looks like Jairus is the most important. Any one of us would say, Jairus, oh, I hope Jesus listens to you. Lord Jesus, hurry up, go to his house. What are you waiting for? Heal that dying daughter of his. Don't stop for this poor old woman who who doesn't have the faith to boldly come out in the open, who doesn't even fall before you begging. Lord, she's, she's been sick. This lady has been sick for 12 years with this illness. She can wait another day or two. But now we get to our second point. We'll see that Jairus needed to wait because he's a son of the Lord Jesus. And he needs the same faith. What that invisible woman had, the nameless woman, he's going to need something like that. That your father quiets your fears, your private hidden fears, yeah? Yeah? What about your public, your worst fears coming? What's your, what if it's your nightmare? What if that comes true? Is that when you turn around and walk away? Is that when you give up on the Lord Jesus because you've just realized your worst fears? And all because the Lord Jesus Christ waited What if that's happening in your life right now? That God puts some some things on hold in your life. And it feels like Jesus Christ is distracted. So our second point is believe in Jesus. Trust in Him. Because He saves you from ultimate grief. What are fathers for? You ever think about that? Maybe a couple of weeks ago, it's Father's Day, you were thinking, what are dads actually for? Maybe your first guess would be to provide. Your dad's hard working. He's always managed to get some money, get food on the table, have a house over your head. But what about more than that? Fathers, yeah, they have to teach, guide, instruct children. Fathers, what about comfort? What about dealing with anxiety of the children? Because that's something that you see in our text. Fathers need to remove fear. You know, our society in these last couple years have never before had such levels of anxiety and worry and fear, right? You see it all around you. Even though we live in a time of wealth, crazy wealth, peace, prosperity, right? Surprisingly, fear is through the roof. 
Does it have something to do with fathers missing? Fathers failing? I'm not saying there's only one reason, but let's think about this. If a father thinks that being afraid is dumb, they don't listen to your fears. If fathers think that the world has to be just right and they come home and the world's not just right, you only add fear. He, he only, how many fathers don't add fear and anxiety to the family when he comes home from work? His anger, his temper tantrums, snapping or sullen and quiet until he gets his way. If your dad sends a signal that somehow you have to be good enough, somehow you have to be important enough, special enough, before you get comfort, maybe that's why we have so many people who are filled with anxiety in this world and in the church. So many struggle with depression. Where do you go when you find no comfort? So fathers, your job is to protect your children. It's true for all leaders, but fathers, protect your children. Give them reason for the hearts to calm down. Show consistency and fairness and firmness. Caring. Fathers, your task is to train up your children to fear the Lord above all. And in doing so, you're going to need some severe help. I need help in this, and you need help in this. When Jairus' daughter is dying, he ran for help. You notice Jairus do that in the story? And this is a point for dads out there. There are some things you can do, but you realize you can't do much. Your children need the Lord Jesus. And you personally need the Lord Jesus. Never is it more clear than than when you have serious challenges raising your children. Trying to raise them to love the Lord God. And you see a child, your child, leave the Lord. And you're afraid your child will perish eternally. Like, go to hell. What do you do then? Never before have you felt so helpless... So you listen to what the Lord Jesus does. And what he says to Jairus, do you hear what he says? Do not fear, only believe. And now Jesus Christ is speaking to a dad who is really a son of his. Jairus, you might look like an older man, but he is a son with fears. The worst fears. And his fears are increasing. Is he going to give up? His worst fears have come true. Jesus was waiting and Jesus was distracted. And now Jairus gets this news. A messenger comes to him from his household. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? He's hit a brick wall. He's hit rock bottom. This is irreversible. And he's thinking the whole what-ifs. You know the what-ifs? What if I had only come sooner? What if I had only raised, he shouted, interrupted the Lord Jesus when Jesus was interrupted? 
But Jairus hears Jesus immediately say this, do not fear, only believe. You don't see it in English so much, but Jesus is using the same word that had just come up earlier. Jesus said to the lady, your faith has made you well. And Jesus Christ is tying that together with this. Do not fear, only have faith. Like you just saw, right? Have faith. And Jairus is like a son now. A son of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus is calming him. Jesus is saying, everything you've just seen me do for that woman who, who barely touched the edge of my clothing, in her weakness, I can do that for ultimate grief. So Father, you're limited, but I am your Father. I am Almighty and everlasting Father, Jesus says. Are you going to be afraid? Are you going to believe in me? Are you going to still reach out to me in your darkest hour? Will you take me to your dead child? So the miracle keeps going. We see Jairus in faith. He continues to walk with Jesus. For what? To his house? Maybe Jesus can do something. Maybe he's got a few words for this hour. And as they approach the house, you get a hint. Maybe Jesus will do something because he's telling these mourners, he's talking about this commotion, you know, where they were hired. They hired people to make a lot of noise and to express grief, to cry loudly. Why are you doing that, Jesus says? Why this commotion and weeping? The child's not dead, but sleeping. That's what Jesus says to them. And you know, the child was truly dead. But that's more like sleep to God and the power of God. Because when God speaks, He has power with His words to make dead people alive. Think of Lazarus. And so with the three disciples, the parents, they go to the room. Jairus goes to the room with his daughter. Do not be afraid. Only have faith. That's what Jesus said. And you know, why would Jairus be afraid? He was too late. He had let Jesus waste time. He had not tried hard enough. Jesus wouldn't have the power, would he? Does Jairus have faith? He will show Jesus to the room anyway. And so he does. Verse 41, Jesus gets to the room. He takes the girl by the hand and he says to her, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. But you notice... This is in the original language. Like when you're sad, 
Whatever language you were born with, that's the language you default to. And Jesus speaks the Father's language to this little girl, Talitha Kumi. Come on, girl. Come on, sweetheart. Get up. Like her dad would have said in the morning, typically, any other morning, time to get up, girl. Jesus is Father. Make sure you get her something to eat, eh? Get her some breakfast. Brothers and sisters, Jairus believes and his faith is rewarded here. That's the miracle. He sees his daughter alive again and his faith was weak and imperfect. His faith also was weak and imperfect. His faith had all these fears and doubts. But he had gone on trusting the Lord Jesus. He'd gone into the house. He had made the people get out of the way. He had shown his daughter lying there. Do you see her, Lord, he says. I don't know what you can do now. I'm unable to do anything. And I'm helpless. And I'm afraid. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is Father. That's the message you're hearing this afternoon, this morning. Jesus Christ is Father to this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. Did you notice that number 12 showing up? Is it just random? How about this girl? She's able to walk. Yeah, she's 12 years age. Why are we told? Obviously, she's 12. She can easily walk. Where do you see number 12 in the Bible? It's the number of offspring. The number for children and descendants. All right? Twelve tribes of Israel. Twelve disciples. It's all over the place. And we're seeing Jesus Christ as Father. He's got 12 disciples, but he's got all of these children. Who are my disciples? I am Father. I'm come here to take away your fears. Don't be afraid, he says. I've come to take away all the fears that you have, body and soul. Trust in me. And if he makes you wait, and if while you're waiting for him, your fears are only getting worse, he still wants you to trust in him. Do not fear, only have faith. Believe. So you know this. Fathers have the task of removing fear, making the home a safe place, calming the children, providing security. Strength. And you can know of a lot of dads that have not done that in their lives. But what you see here is Jesus Christ, your Father. And He puts these two miracles inside each other, wrapped up together. How do I handle weakness? How do I handle imperfect faith? And He says, you've come to Me. That is it. Maybe you've only dared to touch me from a distance, in secret, but you've come to me 
and come to me again and again and walk with me toward your worst fears. I am your Father. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Amen.